days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was the one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bore a field where he fell headlong and his body burst open and all his intestines spill out, spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field, in their language, a caldama. That is the that is field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, <clears throat> and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time. The Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed to two, to two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belonged, where he belonged. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. <coughs> Today we continue our series in the book of Acts. When it came to finding a replacement for Judas Iscariot, there were two men who had followed Jesus from the beginning. These two men were recommended by the little company of believers. Throughout the Old Testament, we see the saints of old casting lots before making decisions. The Old Testament bears witness to many different accounts of casting lots. All of them try to determine the sovereign will of God for their respective situations. If you were to ask me, should believers cast lots to determine the will of God for our lives today? Well, you may think that sounds a reasonable question. Well, let's look further. A good thing to remember is that when we're tackling this question, it's important to understand that believers approach the Bible with faith that seeks understanding. This means that we accept and believe what God has presented to us in his word and then explore it to understand our lives and his word from his perspective. That said, I don't think Christians should cast lots this is not how believers engage with God to determine his will any longer. And here's why. In Acts 1 verses 15 to 26, it shows us the disciples casting lots in the Old Testament style for a replacement for Judas. Some keys in the passage will not only unlock why, but also explain the process the apostles undertook before they cast a lot. Notice that the whole story unfolds before the community of believers, not in isolation or hidden away in private. Peter lays out a biblical precedent for replacing Judas. He recalls how the apostles were chosen by Jesus they had walked with him from his baptism to his ascension. They prayed based on knowing the Lord is sovereign. They cast lots. And finally, Matthias is chosen. As you can see, the apostles did not merely just roll some dice to fulfill Judas's vacant position. They sought the Lord's will from scripture they saw someone with a similar testimony to theirs. Then they prayed and they trusted in God's sovereignty. The apostles selected Matthias by lot. 
But I would like to highlight three things that are very important for each of us. In Acts 1, verse 15 to 26, it is the last time casting lots happens in the Bible. Secondly, this is all before the Holy Spirit has come at Pentecost. And thirdly, the story also forms an interesting contrast in how to select leaders. As we read on in Acts chapter 6, leaders are chosen who are full of the Spirit and wisdom and full of faith. That's in verses 3 and 5. The coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 changes everything. The apostles' lives and ours. He is the truth in us, our helper and source of life. And he is the one who continually points us towards Christ and his glory in all that we are and in all that we do. So the blessing of the Holy Spirit for every believer is more than just drawing lots. We have God himself residing in our very souls. And he has given us a new heart to love him. Also, this side of Pentecost, we have the full word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. Even in Acts, the only word of God they possessed was the Old Testament manuscripts and the verbal teaching of Jesus. But now we have the Bible, God's word to the world. He reveals his character, his people, and how they should worship him within its pages. So we follow Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 and seek to renew our minds according to his word. God reveals all he wants the world to know in the Bible, that we might glorify his name and find salvation through faith in his son and renew our minds to live like Jesus all by the power of the Holy Spirit and in community with the saints, other believers. Therefore, we rely on the Holy Spirit and the words of Scripture to guide our thoughts and our actions because our hearts are new and our minds are being renewed. We faithfully seek understanding through the same avenues that Peter and the apostles did but just without lots. Scripture, the Spirit, and the community through prayer. Casting lots does not cut it anymore, my friends. So, with a new heart and a renewed mind, the mind of Christ, the next time you have a difficult decision to make, look at Scripture. Pray that the Spirit would give you wisdom and direct your thoughts and your actions. If you need further clarity, why not go to other Christians you trust and ask for their counsel? Then act knowing that you are relying on God and his sovereign hand to use the situation for your good and his glory. With Peter, I want to encourage you to humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. And you read that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Why not have a look at that verse again and speak it out over your life? God bless you, my friend. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. Take 21 days to work on this. Take a blank sheet of paper, because it's good to just write things on paper. On the left-hand side, you write, hey, these are the things I struggle with about mm -hmm. myself. I'm not enough, right? I'm not mm -hmm. smart enough. 
not smart enough to run a business and mm. parent eight kids and I don't have enough energy to coach basketball and I'm not whatever. And I'm fearful about this. You, you write those things down. And then on the right side, you write, what is the truth, right? What, what is the, the truth in scripture that God gives us that, that, that helps with that, right? So one of the scriptures that I've always loved is Second Peter, that we've been given everything we need for life and godliness, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so no, I, sure, I'm maybe not enough on my own, but God's given me everything I need. Well, that was an abrupt ending, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Just went, Poof, there it is. Uh, so <laughs> Glad I wasn't doing anything inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I was definitely, uh, I thought I had a few more seconds. So, yeah, do check out that um, podcast with Brett Curry. Brett Curry is an absolute legend. He has eight kids. Um, That's the unknown fact with Brett, eight kids. The man's... Little kids. Uh, it's just is is awesome, Brett. And um, I've yet to meet his wife, um, but I have met Brett several times. Um, but yeah, eight kids. <laughs> oh yes, uh, I know we've got Anya on the um, on the Anna. Sorry, not Anya. Anna on the live stream uh, in the comments. Uh, apparently, the twins are still taking their time. But at least it's still twins. At least it's not eight kids. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, Brett and eight kids. And actually the title of that podcast is, I think it's like why my mum dying of cancer drew me closer to God and how um, his mum passed away when he was just a teenager, like 15. And it's a really fascinating story. Um, so do check it out. Do check it out. Uh, check out Brett's podcast. That's at whatsthestorypodcast.com. You can see that um, and well worth a listen. So plug over um, for the podcast. Let's talk about... Uh, the Book of Acts uh, and Dave's talk. Thank you, Dave, for your talk. Um, legend as always. I loved his little his Liverpool skyline background. Did you see that? He did that all by himself. That was nothing to do with us. <laughs> uh, I liked his sign off as well, where he called us friends. That's, yeah, just made me. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> just like, just, I just like listening to this Dave talk. He's just this <laughs> man just full of wisdom, isn't he? Uh, and um, and this was a great topic actually because there's this there, there's the passage of scripture um, that we read out is this whole idea of um, the church Pentecost is yet to happen which is important uh, like Dave said and mm -hmm. they decide to replace Judas they they were twelve they're down to eleven it's not ended well for Judas we'll get into that maybe. Uh, and so they re decide to replace Judas and they're like, right, we need to figure out who that's going to be. So we're going to get into how to choose leaders, uh, which I just think is a really interesting topic. Um, and then they do this whole cast in lots thing after certain events have happened. It wasn't like they just randomly drew lots. There's a whole lot of other stuff that warmed up to it. So they cast these lots and they choose a guy called Matthias and the, the 11 then become 12. Uh, and uh, it's just a really interesting event because this is right at the start, isn't it? At the at the, the birth of the church, and so choosing this person is super important. And so figuring out what God is saying and the way that He is directing you is super super important. Which is why we've called this, you know, figuring out God's that God's will. Which is how we would talk about it, isn't it, in the modern day world? How do we understand what God's will is? How do we know what God's plan is? How do we know what God wants us to do? How do we know if this is the right thing to do? God, is this the right thing to do? All those questions, right? Well, this is what they're faced with uh, when replacing their leader, which is what Dave was talking about. It's what we're going to get into in Conversation Streets. So do pepper us with your questions, with your comments, with your stories. How do you know the will of God in your life? What do you do to understand whether what you're doing is the right thing to do? How does God communicate that with you? If you can, share your stories in the comments. We'd love to hear them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Anna's put here, there will only be six kids with us soon, and we're quite happy with that number. <laughs> six still sounds like a lot to me, it's double hours. <laughs> it does, it does, and Anna's an absolute legend. Uh, and yeah, she is carrying twins and uh, we are praying for you, Anna, that the birth obviously goes well. Um, but yes, uh, such a lovely lady, but uh, what a legend. What a legend. You keep going. You keep going. Um, so the will of God, let's get into that. What did you think today's talk? 
Um, yeah, it was very short this week, wasn't it? But even though it was short, there were three main things that I think stood out to me. One of them being the casting lots thing that you mentioned, just because it's, um, I don't know, it just sounds a bit unspiritual really, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it sounds quite attractive in a way, just to kind of go, oh, I've got this big decision to make. I'm just going to flip a coin and see which it comes up to. It doesn't it, it, On the surface of it, it doesn't look like it takes any brain power, does it? But although mm. what they've actually done has taken brain power before they've got to that stage. But yeah, mm. I, I did think that was interesting. So I did do a little bit of background on that, as you would expect. I um, would have no, no doubt yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Uh, that apparently, casting lots is mentioned 70 times in the Old Testament. That's the bit of the Bible before Jesus uh, came. And then seven times after with this one, I think. Is this the last one? I uh, can't remember. But yeah, but there's not masses known about it. But there does seem to be quite often this process that goes before it. And mm. then it's kind of like the final section of the decision making. But anyway, mm. I just thought that was interesting. Also the thing of choosing leaders, which you've also <laughs> picked up on, and the making decisions. So those mm. three things, broad categories kind of stood out to me. So we've got some good stuff to get into. Matt's put in the comments, do you want to explain what Pentecost is? That's actually probably a very good point, Matt. Uh, so do you want to explain what Pentecost is, babe? I can do. Go for uh, it. Pentecost is an event that's mentioned in the book of Acts that we're going through, where God sends his Holy Spirit to all the people who are wanting to follow him. Previous to that, it was only key people that his Holy Spirit really was on and filled in a special way, like the kings, prophets and priests, I think, like, mm -hmm. and just people like individual people that God chose at specific times. But so this was quite um, a major, major event, really, when, yeah, the Holy Spirit, so it's God himself just poured out on mm. his people. Yeah. yeah Did you want is. to add anything to that? No, not at all. We're going to get to it in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's literally just around the corner. It's it's all chapter chapter two, isn't it, of the book of Acts? So we're we are definitely going to get there at the outpouring. So yes, thanks for pointing that out, Matt. I mentioned Pentecost, didn't explain what it meant, but yes, that's very good. So and the reason why actually going to the casting lots thing, why it's important that this is before Pentecost, like you said, is because the Holy Spirit has been given to all people, and in the New Testament, it's the Holy Spirit that guides us as Christians. Um, so the Holy Spirit is our guide, right? It's one of the things that we proclaim about him. Uh, and so there's no real need to cast lots now because the Holy Spirit will guide us into all things. And so the fact that the Holy Spirit had not yet come, which is ex sort of explains why they're still casting lots at this point. And Dave did point out actually that this is the last time in the Bible that you see this activity happen. So, which is why we, as Christians, don't go around flipping coins. God, if you want me to do this, give me a heads. <laughs> I um, think we'd end up with some very bizarre choices that people <laughs> made if we did that. But, I mean, talking about it, right, have you ever done that whole um, fleece thing, right? So uh, there's a portion in the Bible that talks about, I can't remember, who was the guy that set out the fleece? Was it Samuel? Um Gideon, I think. Uh, Gideon, that's it, Gideon's fleece. And so he, in effect, goes and puts a, a fleece out, doesn't he, on, on the grass. And yeah. he's like, God, if you want me to do this, make sure the fleece is wet, but the ground is dry. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up, the fleece is wet, the ground is dry. And he goes out the next night mm -hmm. and says, okay, this time I want the fleece to be dry and the ground wet and the fleece was dry. And so as Christians, we can... Uh, we can fall into these methods, can't we, where it's like, well, I need to lay a fleece. God, if this is right, send... Um, I don't know, a leprechaun with a bag of candy floss to knock on my door <laughs> at 9.06 uh, and then I'll definitely know it's you that wants me yeah. to do it. And, and, it uh, and we put things like that, especially if it's something we really don't <laughs> want to do, <laughs> to make it like really difficult for God to fulfill it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, uh, we've, we've been known as Christians to do things like that. Um, and the, the reality of it is we don't do things. We shouldn't really have to do things like that because, you know, the Holy Spirit inside us guides us. Mm -hmm. um, Plus, like Dave says, we've also got the guidance of Scripture and we've got the comfort and uh, experience of friends around us. Um, so I think there, there are some things that to get into. There. Okay, there you go. What should we get into first? We've talked about lots a little bit. What's your background on that? Is there anything else you want to add to your well, little... Well, I've got a question for you, just on the whole thing of um, the decision-making that Dave talked about. 
have you got any examples of where you have followed these principles? Obviously, I've probably heard them many times, but for our other listeners, so Dave talked about three things. One was um, getting into scripture, mm-hmm. another was listening to the Holy Spirit, and the third mm-hmm. was um, talking to other people of faith. Mm-hmm. to get their input, their perspective, their wisdom, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, how have those three things, how have you used those in terms of making decisions? The first response to this question that immediately springs to my mind um, is, the, is, is the whole spouse thing, is you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that whole... Um, you know, is this the right thing to do? Good. Now, let me just preface everything I'm about to say with, I do not hold fast to the theology which says that there is only one person out there that you can marry. Because I've seen too many people marry somebody and go, obviously, that's not the one person. Leave them in pursuit of who the right person is. Um, I don't think that's the right theology. But what I do think is, as soon as you marry somebody, they become the one person for you. Does that make sense? And you, and that's, I think, what Scripture teaches. Anyway, all that aside, I did not become a Christian, uh, you know, when I was an embryo. I became a Christian later in my teen years, and so I, I had some some cultural baggage, let's just say, that I needed to uh, resolve in my thinking. And so, I remember when I was in my early twenties, I I left uni, graduated uni. And I went to work for Frontline Church, the church that Crowd's part of. Um, and I volunteered there for a year. And I thought, you know what? I need to take a, a year or two. And I, I, I deliberately decided not to date anybody. And I spent over a year just reading the Bible about what it meant to be a husband. Because I knew this would be the most significant decision that I make outside of following Jesus. The decision who you marry is is not to be taken lightly. Um, And so I spent a little bit of time in scripture, um, understanding what the Bible wanted of me. I obviously spent an awful lot of time praying about it and asking the Holy Spirit to guide me. And I spent a lot of time talking to my friends about it, specifically the right Reverend Dave Connolly. Uh, He and I had many conversations about you before we started dating. And so, um, so yeah, that would be for me one of them. yeah, Matt's put in the comments here. What a great decision you made. Absolutely, Matt. Best Absolutely. one ever. Best <laughs> one ever. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about more recent ones? Because that was a little while ago now. <laughs> 25 years ago this year. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary. All gifts greatly received. Um, <laughs> so more recently, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing, the, the some of the, the, the big things, the big challenges in life that you're constant that I'm constantly looking at are things like to do with crowd uh, you know what do we do with crowd where do we take it forward um, and also to do with work and if you don't know uh, if you've not been following along I also run my own business um, which is an online type business and so um, so yeah I mean scripture doesn't necessarily talk a lot about running an internet business <laughs> <laughs> but it does give you principles which you can follow. Um, and so recently, um, I suppose a big event was we had a business which was sold. And so it was trying to decide what to do next after that sale. Like, God, where, where are you leading us? Where are you taking us? And just looking at that, reading through scripture, praying about it, the guides of the Holy Spirit, talking to friends about it. Even I spent a lot of time talking to Al Marshall, who doesn't necessarily understand the full inner workings of my business. Um, he's a cardiothoracic surgeon. I mean, why would he? Uh, but just getting his wisdom, super, super helpful. So, um, yeah, we've made some pretty big decisions at work, like what we do now, are we, do you know what I mean? And all those kind of things which come out of that same sort of thing. And so I feel pretty confident mm. that what we're doing is right before God. Mm. Are you always sure, like when you're making the decision, that that is what God's saying? Because I can think for myself, I can think of examples of when I've prayed about stuff, talked about stuff, read the Bible, and I've, or maybe I've just done one of those things, and I'm completely sure, I've just somehow got this assurance that I should 
take this certain course of action. Mm -hmm. Like moving to Liverpool be one of those. I was mm. completely sure this was where God wanted me to be, even though I wasn't sure God existed. Bizarre, <laughs> but it's one of those. Whereas I think of another example where, um, so after we'd uh, had our kids, I just did various vol different voluntary things through church. And the last of those had come to an end. And I was trying to decide what to do next. Prayed about it, I was talking to people. Um, didn't really have that many ideas. It's like, should I go back to my previous work? Or should I, yeah, what should I do? Um, and just didn't feel like I heard from God at mm. all. Even though I'm doing all of these things. Yeah. And so ended up just making a decision. It's like, I don't know if this is the right decision, but I can't really think of what else to do. So. I, then I went and trained to be um, an English teacher for speakers mm. of other languages. Uh, and it turned out to be an, a fantastic decision. But at the time, I can't say I had much assurance about it. Mm -hmm. But it's only when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was good. Mm. So, yeah, it's a long-winded way of saying, <laughs> are you always sure? Or are there times when you're like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to step out anyway? Yeah, there's a lot of times when I'm not sure, but I'm going to step out anyway. Um, and that's what they call faith, isn't it? And I, you sometimes you do that just a little bit scared um, to without getting too graphic to, to quite a well-known friend of mine. It's squeaky bum time. And um, it's one of those where, where I think you're right. I think sometimes you you don't always know. But I think if you are a Christian who is... Um, you know the voice of God, you know the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you're living a life which you think is trying to please him. I think it's actually hard. It, it almost becomes harder to miss the will of God than it does to hit it, if that makes sense. Because I appreciate it's not always straightforward, but I God has a plan for us. He does direct us, and he has this habit. I mean, you think of the story of Jonah. I mean, he went to extreme measures Um by you know the story of a big old fish swallowing the guy and taking him to where he needed to be because he was trying to outrun it he go he, god does go does want us to be you know on the right path and i think even when we're not on the right path i think he can steer us and guide us onto it and i think it's i have this phrase that it you know god can handle my failure much more than he can handle my disobedience yeah. and i'd rather i'd rather fail at doing something which i think is right than succeed in doing nothing, which is entirely wrong. Um, and <laughs> that's just me, it's just the way my brain's wired. And there's a wonderful portion of scripture that we're gonna to come to in the book of Acts that talks about this chap called Paul. And the apostle Paul um, is doing his missionary journey things. We're gonna get into it all. Uh, and he's sort of, he's heading one direction. I can't remember exactly where he's going, but he's sort of heading off. Dun, dun, dun. And this is the Apostle Paul, right? He writes two thirds of the New Testament. The man has dramatic encounters with God, both himself and th through him into the lives of others. He has raised the dead. He has seen the sick miraculously healed. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The man knows God, right? Yet he goes on this journey. He starts on a path. And the way the Bible talks about it is the Holy Spirit constrained him. So he was already on the journey. Well, I don't think he would have done that had he not thought well, I think this is where God's taking me. He wouldn't have done it deliberately, going, oh, this is the wrong way. But it wasn't until he started moving that he felt the constraint of the Holy Spirit. And he went, ah, it's not the right way. <laughs> Let's go this way. This is the right way. And um, there's a great phrase that they came up with at Bible school that I went to, uh, which has always stuck with me. And that is, it's easier to turn a car when it's moving. And um, I think... I don't know, that are some of the, the policies I have in my head when it comes to being guided by God, when it comes to being, you know, finding God's will. And like you, I don't always know the end from the beginning because, mm. in fact, I don't think I've ever known the end from the beginning. I just know that this is the right thing to do right now. Um, but I can trust God that he will guide me. And yeah. I think if I'm doing those things where I'm in scripture, I am praying, I'm actively seeking God, and I'm listening to the counsel of my friends, if... If, if they're not right, or I'm not entirely sure that it's right, or I've not got that assurance, I can believe wholeheartedly that as I go, God will direct me and change my course if he needs to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So answer. that would be my answer. Is that, is that all right? Do I pass? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anna's put here in the comments, I made a mess of my life before I became a Christian. 
God called me to himself at the day of the baptism and since then I'm still growing. But I found that studying the scripture and talking to mature Christians helps me to understand if it is the leadership of the Holy Spirit or my own idea. Yeah, definitely. I think back, um, again, I think it's the big events that tend to stick out in my mind as to about hearing God or not. There's, you know, the lots of little ones in between. You kind of mm. forget about them because they're not a big deal. But I think a time for me when really listening to other people was when we were in the process of getting together. Um, and as you were talking to Dave, uh, I was talking to his wife, Julie. And again, that was actually really helpful because mm. for me at that time, I'd just come from a period of time where um, God was helping me to sort out my thoughts and emotions. And I still wasn't massively stable. Um, and my emotions could go up and down like and react massively. And I remember reacting massively in our situation going, oh, I don't know if it's right. Is it right? Is it wrong? Blah. And just getting in a real panic about it. And talking to Julie, who'd known you, had much more wisdom, and she was just able to see into the situation and go, this is what's happening. Mm. And yeah, just helping me to see a bit more clearly. And I think that was really very useful yeah what a legend julie Connolly is yeah bless her, bless her. okay so we know we don't cast lots um we know we can make quality decisions with the help of the holy spirit with the guidance of scripture um and with the wise counsel of our friends and we can believe that god's going to direct us and lead us um in our lives and I, I think that's all marvellous stuff. And I think that's all part of the beauty of being a Christian, isn't it? And um, actually, if this whole Christianity thing is true, then God guiding us and caring for us makes total sense. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this leadership thing that they've got going on here. And I put in the comments, because one of the things that's always intrigued me about this passage is the desire of Peter, who seems to be a bit of a ringleader um, at this point. Uh, uh, which is one of the things that we know to be true from actually even some of the earliest Christian literature. It tends to be Peter at the centre of all these things, um, which is in itself interesting, isn't it? Because Peter, if you don't know about Peter, Peter is not, um, well, he's not what you'd call like your born leader, was he, uh, Peter? And he had to learn his craft, uh, I think, on the way. Uh, which is I find very encouraging, mm. if I'm honest with you. Uh, I think he had he had the passion of a leader, didn't he? Mm. But he wasn't necessarily in control of that all the time. <laughs> he didn't have the <laughs> he didn't have the balance of experience to go with the passion, is maybe one way to put it. Um, but one thing Peter did do, and it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, Peter was um, he was a witness to Christ. Um, obviously he had conversations with Jesus after the resurrection, he even had his own sort of special little interviewing going on. Um, and so has this sort of, uh, you know, deal with Jesus going on. He admits his sin, he admits his weakness, um, both in the Gospels and as we will see later. Um, I mean, Paul talks about the time he had to sort of take Peter aside and give him a bit of a telling off. Um, God's obviously still not finished with him, still not done all the work. We're going to find that out, uh, I think, around Acts chapter 10. So he's a man who is a work in progress, um, but God is using him. He's not a perfect man and God is using him. And I, that I find deeply encouraging. Um, but he decides to sort of, he's, there's a group of 120 believers uh, there or thereabouts. And he stands before them and he says, guys, listen, we need, we're, we're 11 right now because Judas, you know, made a few wrong decisions. We'll get into that. Uh, so who should we have for the 12th? And I, I sort of just always intrigued me that they didn't stay at 11, that they always went back up to 12, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the clue to that one, it's just this one sentence in the passage that was read today that's easy to miss, isn't it? Um, where Peter's quoting from the book of Psalms and saying, may another take his place of leadership. So it's like yeah. they knew they, they knew the prophecies and that actually that they had instructions and that's what they were meant to do. Mm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. In verse 20 is now, I've got it up here. Yeah. Let another yeah. take his office. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? And he understood that that needed to happen. Um, I was researching it as well. Apparently, at the time, teams were known by their numbers. Uh, so it was, it was how they were referenced. The team of 12, the team of 30, apparently, were a band okay. of outlaws, I think. 
uh, like a little gang at the time which controlled Athens or did something which they shouldn't have been doing. Um, and so, yeah, the team of 12. And obviously, uh, I say obviously, you might not know, there were 12 tribes of Israel, which people tie a lot to the 12 disciples and 12 tribes. Um, that may or may not have some bearing on the story. Um, so leadership. So here he is deciding on who, or they as Dave pointed it out, actually, and I thought this was really important. Peter brought to the group, the 120, the concept of we need another leader. Yeah. Um, and we we need, um, uh, what does it say here? And those days, peace to the middle of men and brethren in the scripture has to be fulfilled. Let me read from a different version, which makes a bit more sense. Let's go to the message. What does the message say? Um, long ago, the Holy Spirit spoke through David regarding Judas, who became blah, 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 blah. Uh, everyone... It doesn't say that in the message translation. Just want to be really clear. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering. <laughs> so it says here, Judas must now be replaced. The replacement must come from the company of men who stayed together with us from the time Jesus was baptized by John up to the day of his ascension, designated along uh, with us as witnesses to his resurrection. So what's really interesting here is Peter goes to the group and says, we, we, we need to find another leader. I'm not making this decision. I'm not, as in, I'm not deciding. We need to decide who the leader is. But this is the criteria yeah. which we need to have to make the decision, which I thought was really fascinating. It was a very good leadership principle here. Um, and then that criteria is that they um, needed to be a witness uh, to the resurrection of Christ because um, at the time, a lot of information was communicated verbally wasn't it they were custodians of stories um and or guardians of these stories and they would they would if you were an eyewitness you had much more credibility in, in telling that story and i think um that's why they sort of went down that road someone who's been faithful someone who stayed with us from the beginning has gone through the whole thing thick and thin uh, someone who uh, actually is a witness to the resurrection so i mean these are, these are quite intense criteria uh, for someone to choose from, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, and, and kind of, I don't know, the thing that stood out to me is actually the bit that comes after that. So I don't know whether to throw that in now or uh, whether you want to keep going with this little passage. Oh, you, you do what you want to do, sweetie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, because the bit that really stood out to me was the bit after this, after Pentecost, really, that where... Um, Dave talked about criteria for leadership because obviously at this point that they're choosing leaders who have been with Jesus from the beginning uh, and all that kind of thing. It's a special situation for replacing Judas. Mm. But after that, when after the Holy Spirit's come, the criteria are, um, or some of them, that people are full of the Holy Spirit and they are uh, full of wisdom. And I, mm. when I heard that, I was just like, how fabulous would that be if all the leaders in our country were like that? <laughs> <laughs> See, now, you're, now you're getting political. I like it. I like that. Uh, are our leaders full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom? Well, I don't see it, if I'm honest with you. Some of them may be, some of them do. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is criteria for the church, for choosing leaders is in the church, isn't it? Not in mm. the wider context. But even within the church, I wonder how much we use that as criteria or how much we are dazzled by other things like personality and charisma or skill and overlook these key things that are actually, do they listen to the Holy Spirit mm. and do they use wisdom? Do you know what I mean? That I think sometimes yeah, I our criteria can get a bit skewed. Mm. Yeah, it can. It can almost become like how many Instagram followers has my pastor got? Um, as a sign of isn't he a cool bloke yes he's a great pastor versus actually how wise is I mean I appreciate it's much harder to measure than how many Instagram followers you've got um, but how are they growing in wisdom do you know what I mean it's a really interesting question isn't it and yeah. I think what we prescribe to be leadership characteristics say in business aren't necessarily what you would prescribe to be leadership characteristics in the church um, and I think too often the church has tried to be like corporate and gone, well, if that's worked in corporate, we should bring that over to the church. And actually, it should be the other way around. We should take the principles of scripture to corporate. 
Um, but no, I'm totally with you on that one. I think, I think the criteria for leadership in the church are not what you expect. To be the husband of one wife, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like it's a pretty obvious statement, isn't it? But um, I don't see that in corporate. Sorry, guys, I've interviewed way too many corporate leaders who don't treat their wives right. And you're kind of like, it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? There have been business deals, I have to be honest with you, there have been business deals I've walked away from because of the way the guy spoke about his wife. Um, Now, I appreciate I am putting on him criteria that maybe I would choose to choose a church leader, but part of me is like, if he can't treat his wife the way he promised to all those years ago, why do I expect he's going to treat me the way he's going to tell me yeah. and honour this deal? Because he's not honouring his marriage, so why is he going to honour his business deal with me? And I think um, it, it, it's one of those things, actually, that when it comes to the bigger deals that I've made in business, one of the things I like to do is to meet, is to see them with their spouse or get them talking about their spouse so I can see how they treat their partner. Um, because I think it's really, really important. Yeah, interesting. Little known tactic there if you're in the corporate world, <laughs> which is why, going back to What's the Story podcast, Brett, I know from the corporate world, um, and the reason why I like him, I mean, he's a, he's a Crisbo, he's a fellow believer, he's a brother, um, but I know how he treats his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm like, I will do business with Brett all day long. Um, the same, we've got a guy called Jared Mitchell, who's Brett's mate. Uh, he's coming on the podcast soon. I've just recorded the interview with him. Uh, Zoe and I stayed at his house. I have seen how he treats his wife and you kind of go, mate, you have got my uttermost respect because I've seen how you treat your wife. Uh, and so the rest of it doesn't really make too much difference to me. I'm, it's a first primary thing. So yeah, top tip on leadership. Choose leaders that treat their wives well. Yeah. Or if they're not married, to treat the people that are close to them mm. um, and people who are not where you don't necessarily see that relationship um it's you know it's not necessarily a relationship that's on display yeah um, treat them well yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a challenge because it's always easy to kind of look out at other people and kind of say well, they should be like this but then in terms of uh, myself um we're not all in those massive leadership positions but i think all of us have influence over somebody or yeah we come into contact with so again it's thinking okay what um how am i doing in terms of am i actually listening to god or am i just doing things my own way and am i growing in wisdom and um it, i'm reminded of the passage that talks about if you're if any of you are lacking in wisdom then ask god and he's you know more than happy to give you that wisdom mm. um, yeah and to keep asking asking yeah. for wisdom yeah absolutely and and i think most of us lead something we might not lead a company we might not lead a church but we we can lead something um and we do have influence over somebody Mm. even if it's the people that you meet around you or yeah just just, i think our interactions with people can have quite a big impact Mm. on them yeah they really can and to do that well and to do that wise i think you're totally right um to do that uh with wisdom um Let's talk about Judas because I'm aware of time and I said that we'd mentioned Judas uh, because he is mentioned in this passage. People are, in some respects, people are more familiar with Judas than with some of the other people in the Bible because we use this phrase Judas to talk about someone who has betrayed uh, somebody else. If you're a Judas, it's not a comment, uh, a compliment, uh, should I say. It's definitely a comment, but it's not a compliment. Uh, And so Judas Iscariot, Bit of background, he was one of the disciples, one of the 12 uh, that walked the earth with Jesus. For three years, this man uh, was part of Jesus's gang. Whether he was fully in at one point or not, we don't know. But we know he saw the miracles and we know he hung out with Jesus himself. Uh, And yet, towards the end of uh, Jesus's time on earth, there's this very famous event where Judas betrays Christ uh, for how many pieces of silver was it? 30 pieces of silver. I can't remember the exact number now. Bible quiz. Write in the comments if you know the answer to that question. I'm sure Matt Crew will know the answer to that question. Do you know the answer to that question? 
sorry, I was busy looking at the uh, Oh, you weren't even listening. Then, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what the question is. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome to my marriage, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Anya's comment about leaders being the ones that we should taking be taking an example from. Absolutely. I totally agree. <laughs> leaders should be setting an, a good example. <laughs> they should. Leaders definitely need to listen to other people. Deflecting from the fact I wasn't listening to you then, sorry. It's a great great quality of leadership is the ability to listen well. (laughs) So what are you saying? What's the question? So sorry, Matt Cruz answered it. It is 30. So Judas betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, And so we'll be giggling about this all night now. Um, And so, yeah, he he betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Um, So here's a man that gives up the call of God on his life. Um, What in some translations to this particular uh, passage, um, some translations call lots. Uh, So they it's interesting how there's this play on words that Luke has. It's the same word where they cast lots. um, But Judas gave up his lot uh, or his calling or sharing his calling. It's the same word. Um, And... That thing which God had given him, Judas gave up in exchange for money. And ultimately, it doesn't end well for Judas. He he betrays Christ. He buys a field with his money. Um, and then we don't really know. I mean, there's slightly different accounts between Matthew and Acts. Whether they follow on from each other, we don't. We don't I mean, we weren't there. Um, but he. it seems that Judas, in effect commits suicide and ends up with his bowels all over the place in in a very unpleasant way, really. Um, And there's the shame that he had, the fact that actually betrayal was the worst crime or one of the worst crimes at the time. Um, In an honest sort of shame culture, this is actually really not a great thing to do. And he did all of that for 30 pieces of silver. So that's the background. Have you got anything you want to add to the old Judas thing no (laughs) makes the discussion a bit short doesn't it i didn't really have many more thoughts on that (laughs) sorry (laughs) no it's fine it's okay timing's good anyway so it sounds like you had a lot more thoughts of me on that (laughs) yeah as you can see just just the uh, yeah just i'm guessing imagining the despair and the shame and all the rest of it after we'd done that and then kind of gone Oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah. Yeah, just how awful that would be to live with. But you know what, I think, I even then I think if he'd turned around and gone back to Jesus instead of away from him and gone, mm. this is what I've done, I totally believe Jesus would have forgiven him. Yeah, I think but he could have been gloriously on. restored, um, yeah. if I'm honest with you. But uh, that doesn't seem to be what happened. Uh, in the story and I think the the learning from this is it doesn't matter how closely you think you walk with Christ today um Judas was as close as any man is ever going to get to Jesus mm-hmm. yeah he's still betrayed him um, and I think it's quite a sobering thought isn't it you know that is a sobering um, thought take take heed lest any of you fall and I think mm-hmm. that sort of pride that when it comes to we've been talking about God's will and knowing God's will and if you I think I try and avoid the pride of going, yeah, I get it right 100% of the time because, you know, I'm I'm this close to God, me and him mates and all that sort of stuff. I think as soon as you start heading down that path, you've got some fundamental problems and um, yeah. that's where things can sneak in, just like it did with Judas, and you get blindsided. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, just the, the rest of that little bit that you've kind of just quoted, that verse, it, it is, does say, be careful if you think you stand in case you fall and there it, yeah. that is a warning isn't it it is a warning yeah. so on that happy note we'll end conversation stream <laughs> matt crew has put in the comments what's happening next week on the live stream not in your marriage <laughs> <laughs> yeah next week sharon and i are going to go to communication counseling um because <laughs> i just don't feel listened to matt if i'm honest with you um <laughs> let's not go there <laughs> We should just do a counselling session on the live stream one day. Uh, no, let's, let's subject you to that. Uh, what's happening next week is a very good question. I'm going to let Sharon talk while I pull up the notes for next week. <laughs> you always do that. And I'm like, uh, talk about what? I have no idea. 
<laughs> I have no idea what's going on next week either. Apart from you know? it's in the book of Acts. <laughs> Someone's going to talk. It is. So next week we have got uh, Dan Orange, John F and John Farrington are hosting. Uh, Chris Holcomb is uh, talking about how God sends the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about Pentecost. It is coming up. Dun, 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 dun. It's uh, all boys week next week. Yeah, actually, yeah, and you've you've got John, who's who's a young chap. You've got Dan, who's a bit like me, a bit middle-aged chap. And you've got Chris. Well, Chris has got a few more grey hairs than I have. Um, and Chris is he's been on crowd a, a few times. He's an absolute legend. Medically, he's he's just a genius. We had him on the. Uh, he's a uh, a surgeon, isn't he? he? Specializes in breast cancer. So we had him on the the live streams that we did. What does the Bible say about cancer? What does the Bible say about health? We had him and his beautiful wife Sue on, who's a nurse in cancer care. Um, and so I'm really keen to hear what Chris has got to say on this first portion of scripture, God sending the Holy Spirit. So we've got that coming up next week uh, here on Crowd. So make sure you're subscribed, make sure you've got that little bell notification going on. Um, so you get notified when we're live. Then after that, it's me and John Harding hosting with Will Sopworth chatting away. So uh, yes, uh, how can Chris be more ancient than you, Edmo? There's got to be at least one joke about my age every time on every live stream. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just saying he isn't. I'm just saying he's got a few more grey hairs than me. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so yes, so that's what's coming up. So make sure you are subscribed. It's been great to be with you uh, tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, any final you, words from you, babe? No, other than yeah, it's lovely to have you with us um, and have a good week. Yeah, fantastic. So we will see you next week. God bless you. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you, and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear, and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.